This show is brought to you by Cloudberry Lab, the number one cross-platform cloud backup software. Visit www.cloudberrylab.com slash tubblog for a very special listener offer and get started with Cloudberry Managed Backup for MSPs. You're listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners with our featured conversation with Richard Tubb and Doug Hazelman of Cloudberry Labs. My name is Jeff Nicholson, and this podcast is all about helping you grow your IT business. In this episode, Richard talks with Doug Hazelman, a veteran of the IT consulting space and vice president of technical marketing at Cloudberry Lab, a provider of cloud backup software. In this interview, you'll hear how Cloudberry's backup and data recovery platform can help MSPs protect their clients' data and help them keep it secure. This episode was recorded via a video call between Richard at home in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, England, and Doug in St. Petersburg, Florida. And now, without further ado, here's Richard Tubb talking to Doug Hazelman. Hi everyone, Richard Tubb here with another interview and today I'm joined by Doug Hazelman. Now Doug is the Vice President of Technical Marketing at Cloudberry Lab in Florida, easy for me to say. <laughs> now Cloudberry Labs are the providers of cloud backup software for built for cloud storage. Um, with support for Amazon, Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud Storage and many, many other recognizable cloud platforms. They are the number one cross-platform cloud backup software. Now, as well as managing software for corporate and personal users, Cloudberry Lab also provides a managed backup service for IT solution providers. Uh, managed service providers, and that's what we're going to talk about predominantly here today. Uh, Doug himself is a veteran of the IT consulting space, having spent almost 10 years as chief evangelist at Veeam Software. Um, his role at, is now VP at Cloudberry Labs, and it's his focus on building a great community of enthusiasts and customers within the Cloudberry community. Not a bad job to have at all, Doug. Thanks for joining us there today. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. Cool. And where do we find you in the world today? So I am in St. Petersburg, Florida, mm -hmm. where typically it's sunny, but the last two weeks it's been rainy. And <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, let's let's dive straight in and let's talk about the role of MSPs in backup. So I'm a former MSP owner myself and uh, quite a few years ago. And traditionally, uh, backup to me has been something where an SMB client might have had a tape drive on site, which they sometimes change, sometimes <laughs> not so much. Um, we've really moved away from that now. And for the most part, most of the MSPs that I come across are using cloud to backup. Uh, and I'm starting to hear the term backup as a service. So perhaps we could start off by uh, looking at how does backup work in this new world of MSP offerings? Well, I think any MSP worth their salt is going to want to offer backup to their customers. Um, it's, it's a critical component of any IT infrastructure. Um, and there's multiple ways to go about it, as you mentioned. Um, I, I kind of look at the history of backup software. You mentioned tape. Um, tape is still alive today. Don't don't get me wrong. There's still, still people using it, but what we what what has happened over the last several years is it moved then to disk. So instead of backup to tape, you backup to disk. And what we're seeing now is backup to cloud. And one of the big reasons why is you know if you're if something happens to your customer, if something happens to their site and everything is at that site, including your backups, then you have no way to recover for them. So you want to get that data off site. 
And the cloud and cloud storage, you know, all the advancements that have been made over the last several years is really the best way to get that data offsite. <clears throat> it's, it's much better than you going and exchanging tapes in the tape drive and taking them, you know, to your home or, or somewhere else uh, to store them is get the data up to the cloud. It's safe up there in the event of a disaster um, and then allows you to, you know, recover your customer's data and get them back online much quicker. So I want to talk a little bit more about the um, disaster recovery aspects of things uh, shortly, but but really I want to sort of talk some more at this stage about how you're going about educating MSPs on the opportunities for their business in backup. So there's still going to be a lot of clients out there, you say, using tape. Um, uh, lots of MSPs that I know have really uh, been late to the party, I'm going to be honest here, when, when it comes to moving to the cloud. So what does cloud backup look like um, in practical terms, and how do you at CloudBreak about educating MSPs on that? Yeah, so cloud backup takes many forms. Um, some backup providers have you backup data to their cloud, um, whether that's through an appliance that you put at the customer site, which then transfers to the data to, to their data center. Um, that's the way a, a, it happens quite a bit. At CloudBear, we've taken a different approach um, because we understand that not one size fits all. So from a cloud storage perspective, there's a lot of options in cloud storage. And those options mean different price points. Different price points mean different margin for MSPs. So what we allow managed service providers to do is, we call it bring your own cloud, or bring your own cloud storage, is choose the cloud storage that works maybe best for you, not only you, but also works best for your customers. So that may mean you offer a different range of cloud storage providers to your customers, whether they're price conscious, uh, disaster, you know, averse and, and all these different types of things. So that way you can really choose uh, what you want to provide. Um, and you know, the, the other thing is from the CloudBerry perspective, because you're bringing your own cloud, we only facilitate the backup from you know, the, the, the PC or the, the, the computer, the server to the cloud. We don't actually store the data. We, the data does not go through our service. So the data goes directly from the client site into the cloud. Uh, so that's kind of an extra level of protection um, because you essentially, as the service provider, are setting all the security parameters for your customers so you have complete control over that. So this is something that, that really attracted me to Cloudberry when I first became aware of your solution. So you, you don't force any of the MSPs to use a set solution there. Um, you know, you don't force people to, to use a specific um, uh, application or uh, to use a specific cloud service. You cover lots of them, don't you? So they, the MSPs can be, build up this almost this best of breed um, mm -hmm. uh, service. What does that look like in practical terms? So what are some of the MSPs that you're seeing out there? What platforms are they using and what configurations are they using? Yeah, so <clears throat> our most, the most common platform is definitely Amazon S3. Um, just, you know, it's, it's, it's the biggest, it's the best in the magic quadrant, you know, all those types of things. Um, but, you know, we also have a lot of customers that, that use Azure, um, that use Google. Um, some of the, the other ones that are coming up very quickly are Backblaze uh, B2, uh, as well as Wasabi. Um, you know, they've got some very aggressive pricing, <laughs> um, mm. I will say, in terms of their, their cloud storage. So um, that's kind of the, the layout as it is today. Although we support over 30 different clouds, those are essentially the top five right now. Got it, understood. Um, and I want to rewind a little bit. Again, I keep going back to this traditional sort of uh, approach towards things, but I think it's good to see where we've come from and where we are today. Uh, traditionally, we might have seen a lot of file-based backup. 
um, within MSPs businesses. Most MSPs that I speak to nowadays uh, deploy image-based backup. Um, mm -hmm. How do you see the role of cloud in image-based backups? Uh, so I think that's, that's a great discussion because from an image perspective, if you are doing an image-based backup to the cloud, besides cloud storage, what a lot of these cloud providers also provide is cloud compute. So if you look at platforms like Amazon, right, there's S3 for storage and then there's um, EC2 for compute. So that means that you can then take that image that you've backed up of your customer's data in the, of the customer's server in the cloud and actually spin it up as a virtual machine instance in that cloud. Uh, so we provide that today for Amazon as well as Azure. Uh, we're providing it in the future for Google as well. So for those clouds that also provide compute, that means an image now can be stored up there and going back to the disaster, you can now spin it up as an instance in that, in that cloud and, and have it up and running up there. So um, that's kind of, you know, that's what we see a lot on the server side. On the workstation side, because there's still data on workstations and being stored, uh, we still see a lot of our customers doing file-based backup. Um, for one, for one thing, you know, when you're talking about client PCs, you know, laptops, those types of things, um, you typically have an image for those, or you can rebuild them very quickly. It, you just need to get the data back. And doing a file backup to the cloud is much more efficient, <laughs> uses yeah. much less bandwidth than trying to upload, you know, the entire image or, or parts of the image. So um, that's typically what our, our solution providers do is they'll do some image-based backup for their servers, um, and a lot of times they'll store them locally as well as in the cloud in what we call hybrid mode. But then for the workstations and PCs, um, they'll do file-based backup and then store that data up in the cloud. And this is coming back to what I would say is the real world situation where one size doesn't fit all. You know, exactly. You've got clients with different budgets, you've got clients with different needs and that. So I think this is a very cool approach. What's the most common scenario you see out there? Is it uh, sort of file-based for, for workstations, you say, and um, you know, image-based for servers and things like that? That, that's probably that's that's probably the most common scenario. Although even on servers, sometimes you know they don't necessarily care about the OS; they just care about the data. Um, so they'll they'll you know some customers will do file based on on data, um, and and not worry about the actual image. Uh, I talked to a customer a couple weeks ago who they, they're they're very unique. They're not actually a managed service provider provider. They're an application provider, and they provide an application to a particular subset of of customers but their application has data. And so they offer as an additional service to back that data up so that then in the event that something happens and they can recover it for the customer. Um, what's interesting there for them, it's a very homogeneous environment. They're backing up the data for one application. They're not protecting the entire PC, um, but they have hundreds of their customers that are, that are using the service. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a unique situation, I think, in terms of how you can use, you know, look at, Way, different ways of doing things depending on what type of business you're in. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So you mentioned the magic R word there. <laughs> and as the old phrase goes, a backup is only as good as the data it recovers or restores. I might have made that up, Doug. I don't know if that is an old adage, but I certainly did. <laughs> um, but when we talk about restoring files, I know from being a former MSP myself, uh, it can be a real chore. It can be, you know, uh, a pain in the backside for want of a better word, can't it? So uh, how, do, how do you make life easier for the MSP? when it comes to the restoration of files? Well, for, uh, for the first, <clears throat> for one thing, 
we have this, it's a SaaS based application that we provide. So if you, you have a customer call you up and say, Hey, I need this file. MSP can go right into the web interface and initiate the restore for that file, whether it's from a file level backup or an image level backup. Um, and then, you know, restore that file back to the customer. Additionally, if you choose, you can also enable a customer portal. So then the customer's customer can then actually go in and recover their own files. Most of our MSPs actually don't do that. They would rather provide the service of recovering the file themselves because um, they don't have to manage as many logins for their customers, all these other types of things. Uh, but that, that definitely is an option. And you know, we, make it, we try to make it as easy as possible to recover those individual file objects and then get them to the customer um, so, you know, when, they, when they need it and get it back online. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. So some customers are going to want the um, the ability to go and restore the files themselves. Some customer, again, we come back to this not one size fits all. You know, it's an over, over, overriding theme here, isn't it? Some customers yeah, are not tech savvy people there. Yeah, and it, it, you know that's and I talk about when I talk about CloudBerry a lot. I talk about flexibility. I talk about the fact that you know we provide a platform that is not only easy to use but it's also extremely flexible. Um, which, you know, sometimes that's great. Um, sometimes, you know, people are just, just tell me what to do. Um, but I think the flexibility is key, especially because every business is different. What you want to offer is different. Every customer is different. So having that flexibility is, is really key, I think. Yeah, makes sense. Now, I like to put myself in the shoes of an MSP who's listening to this or an MSP business owner. So I can hear people almost screaming out at this stage. This all sounds really, really cool. But what about making sure that end users, and let's be honest, and your internal staff, the MSP staff, um, who need to gain access to the data for restores and things can only, and the backups, can only see the data they're meant to see. How can, can you speak to sort of the granularity of security there? Yeah, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. The in, in terms of you know from an MSP perspective, you know you, they can go in and be able to access the data to recover on an as-needed basis because they're you know the MSP they're the ones that set it up. You can assign accounts within the MSP that also have that that capability, and then from the customer perspective, if you choose to set them up individually, um, then they could log into a portal and they would only see the the, the data that's backed up on you know that, that's used the credentials um, you know for that account. So, you know, they're, they're walled off from seeing everyone else's data. They can only see their own. Yeah. What about um, auditing as well? I guess that's another, another question there. So quite often with backups, it's um, almost uh, the weakest point, isn't it, in terms of security and that? Because people can, you can just back up an entire client site, um, but the security wouldn't be there. So what about auditing and things? Do you have any sort of audit trail for who's accessing files? Um, yeah, so you know, all of that is you know, every everything is logged, obviously. So <clears throat> whether they go in through the the, the SaaS based, you know, the MSP goes in through there, and you know, we all log all their actions there. Um, as well as if the customer goes into the portal, then that information is logged too. And then there's information that's available in reports to show, hey, you know, here's here's the access, who who did it, and and, and when, so you can keep a keep a trail of what's going on. Yeah, understood. So I'm intrigued as well. I mean, you, you've been in the industry for quite some time. I uh, refer to you as a veteran there, and I say that in the nicest uh, uh, possible sense there. I'm a veteran as well. The MSPs that you're working with today, what sort of size are they? What type of makeup of businesses are they? What type of MSPs are they really? So the majority are small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one one to five people shops um, that serve, you know, just a, a particular ge- small geographic area. Um, you know, we have larger ones as well, um, you know, that, that serve, you know, larger areas. But a lot of our current customers are, you know, the, the one, two, three person shops that are managing, 
you know, 10, 15, you know, however many customers, um, you know, that they, that they have and, and, you know, solutions that they provide. So, and, and then almost all of them are servicing small business customers. So, you know, it, you know, if you've got a two person, you know, MSP shop, you know, you're not going to be out there managing five clients each with 20,000 users, right? You're, you might have 10 clients each with 15 at the most. So, you know, that, that's the kind of, that's traditionally where our sweet spot has been. But again, we do have customers, um, MSPs that, that are much larger, that service many more customers. And, and as I mentioned, that even use our software in, in, a, in unique ways that, you know, it was like, wow, I was surprised when I, when I talked to that customer and how they're, how they're using it to back up the application data and provide a, a service um, to their customers. Yeah, makes sense. What about um, integration? So you've explained the, um, the type of MSP that you traditionally work with here or typically mm-hmm. work with. Um, those type of MSPs I know from experience tend to like the idea of best of breed. They like to get their own tools in place there. So what sort of integrations do you have with the, the common tools on the market, the PSA, the professional service automation and RMM mm-hmm. tools? How does uh, Cloudbury integrate with these tools? So for, for RMM, we do have integration with both um, ConnectWise Automate, aka LabTech, um, as well as Kaseya. Um, and you know that, that's available right within the portal to connect those together. Uh, for PSA, uh, we have support for, oh, I'm sorry, in RMM going back, we have Ninja as well. Mm. Um, and what's interesting on the Ninja side is Ninja has actually done their own integration. Um, so if you're a Ninja customer, you can actually go in and enable the BlackBerry, you know, the, the Cloudberry, and you know you'll see the information. Um, you'll, you'll be able to, to deploy the backup and 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 do everything right from right from within Ninja. So it's a bit of a different integration, where typically we integrate with RMM. Ninja said, "Hey, we want to integrate with you." Uh, so it's it's uh, it's that's, that's interesting. Uh, forgive me for jumping in because I'm hearing great things uh, about Ninja, and you know they're, they're, it looks like they're they're trying to integrate with as many packages as possible. What's your experience been with working with with Ninja? Uh, they've 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 been great to work with. Um, you know the the integration work that they did. You know the back and forth has been has been really good. Um, they've they've really just kind of launched it within the last couple of weeks. Um, the integration. I think it might officially still be in beta. Um, it was an alpha before that, but um, you know they're. they're definitely getting ready to, uh, to roll that out in a big way. So um, if you're a Ninja customer, you know, just ask your, your Ninja rep, say, hey, I heard about Cloudbear integration. Can you tell me more? Um, and they'd be able to do that. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned ConnectWise and, and some of the other uh, mm-hmm. bigger tools on the market. Yeah. So for, you know, for PSA, um, um, Autotask, ConnectWise, you know, th- those, those are integrated. Um, we haven't added a whole lot more on the, on the PSA side, um, but, you know, a lot of our customers, because they're small, not all of them use PSA. Sure. Um, so it hasn't. So it hasn't been kind of a resounding. They'll use RMM before maybe they use PSA. So it's it's kind of you know, a, we'll, we'll do what our customers want. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that absolutely makes sense, and I can see that you know just from the um, the research that I've done on um, on Clabbery. I think would I be right in saying you've got API access as there, so you can hook into yes. other other tools. So that that makes sense <laughs> rather than trying to um, to support absolutely every one of the the billion help desk packages there is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, MSPs can actually use the API integration. Yeah, and that <clears throat> so you know there's API integration which you know Ninja you use quite a bit to integrate with us. But then also from the backup client perspective, um, we have a whole, a very robust command line interface for that. Uh, so even if we're not integrated with your RMM uh, that you're using, you can still use that RMM to deploy the Cloudberry client using the command line uh, tool set. 
So, you know, and we have customers that are doing that as well. You can even batch mode it and all these other types of things. So you can get pretty creative in terms of how you deploy that backup client out to your customers. Mm, very cool. Very cool. Now, I want to change tact a little bit. So I've, and I'd be interested in your opinion, Doug, whether you see uh, this the same way as me. I think the role of backup has actually changed fairly significantly in, in just the past few months or so. Um, whereas before, a long-term backup would... Uh, you and I, we've been around the industry for a while. We know a long-term backup will want to keep you safe and sound. You know, you could roll back, say, six months, a year or whatever. I would say now that isn't the case because with the rise of ransomware, it means you might actually back, be backing up data that's already been compromised mm -hmm. but not activated. So how are, how are you and Clivery adapting to this new world of backup? Uh, so, you know, again, Backup is one of the best protections against ransomware. <laughs> as long as you keep your, keep your backups air-gapped, which the cloud is a great choice for that. Uh, but what we've done at Cloudberry is we've added uh, what we call ransomware protection. Uh, and this is essentially a, a set of heuristics that, that kind of view the data as it's being backed up to look at you know, what has changed from the last backup and what's the percentage of changes, what kinds of changes. So that way, if those files have been modified or you know, those types of things, we'll set up an alert saying, hey, you may have been hit by ransomware. Um, this is in no way or form you know, a, a replacement for your firewalls and, and you know, all your other ransomware protection that you know, have in place. It's just another checkbox to say, look, if something gets through that hasn't been detected yet, um, starts modifying your files on the next backup, we're going to say, hey, you might be hit by ransomware. Check these things out um, because, you know, it might mean that, in, you know, down the road, you're going to have a lot of problems. So it's just an extra checkbox that we put in there for the customers uh, because, like you said, a lot of times the ransomware will get in, won't be activated, it'll sit dormant for, you know, weeks, months, and then get activated. Um, and then the issue is, you don't know when you got infected and which backups to recover from. So it's yeah, it's it's not easy. Mm, super cool feature. I actually spoke to an MSP, unfortunately, just a couple of weeks ago, who got hit with just that. So the ransomware, when they um, a client got hit with ransomware, they went to roll back to a backup, and it was like, mm, okay, a month ago, still infected. Once that yeah. restore, nine months ago, it was still infected. So you know, I think right. this, uh, uh, you know, a, well, a warning sign for for most MSPs. Don't just rely on um, you know just doing a, a backup in that way. Ransomware protection. They're getting clever out there, aren't they? So <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so talking of um, end users, um, this is a question that, that sort of came to me just this week. So somebody on my own team, in fact, who's fairly, I'm going to say new to the world of cloud storage, um, mm -hmm. they're more used to sort of drive letters and network drive things. <laughs> uh, they actually got a little bit confused by the idea of accessing storage through a web browser. This is no knock on them, but it's like, you know, it's a different concept, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was looking on the Cloudberry website and I was really intrigued by the Cloudberry uh, Explorer app that you provide. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so that was actually one of the first uh, things that, that Cloudberry released before backup even. Um, and essentially, Cloudberry Explorer is allows you to connect to your cloud storage buckets and present it in a Windows Explorer type interface. So, you know, you're used to using, you know, Windows Explorer to access your files and drive letters and those types of things and folders. That's what Cloudberry um, Explorer provides for you. You install it, you connect it to you know, your different cloud storage, you know, your Amazon buckets, your Azure blobs, those types of things. 
And then you see it in a familiar file folder type interface um, where you can copy, paste, drag, drop, all those types of things, uh, the, the files and they manage your cloud storage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's not meant for Dropbox or OneDrive and those types of things. It's meant for that cloud storage, you know, that bucket and blob type access. Yeah, yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I think there's, um, would it be right in saying there's like a freeware version or a, yes. um, yeah, a cost-free version of that there? Yeah. And, and if you still love the map drive, we also have Cloudberry Drive, which essentially maps a drive letter to your cloud storage bucket. So Okay, uh, so that's, that's very cool. Because there are yeah. going to be clients out there uh, absolutely behind the scenes. You know, they don't really care where their data is stored. What they do care about is doing things the way they've always done things yes. in terms of drive layers. So I can absolutely see why that, that would be um, a great option for you. Uh, when it comes to uh, the, the cloud storage itself, I want to throw this out there. So most of the cloud uh, providers that I've ever spoken to, or you look at their uh, promotional literature, they suggest that their backups are absolutely secure. Um, and I think for the most part, they are certainly more secure than, you know, uh, as we talked about earlier, a, a tape being uh, put into the uh, secretary of the office manager's uh, uh, case on the way home. Um, but I know that Cloudberry Labs provide additional encryption options uh, for some mm-hmm. of the, uh, the backups that you put out there. Why do you recommend that you know, MSPs and clients use additional encryption in this way? Uh, you know, the, the more you can protect the data, the better. And you know, the last thing you want is if you're sending data to the cloud unencrypted, guess what? Someone can, can see it in stream and, and, and see the data. So um, you definitely want to encrypt it um, as you're sending it. Um, because you know you're, you're sending it up to the cloud. Um, it might be an HTTPS connection, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything these days. <laughs> um, so you know, encrypting it before you're sending it um, is, is definitely ideal. Um, and then another way to even obscure the data even more is we have an option for what we call file name encryption. Uh, so you can actually encrypt the file names. So as they're you know as we're backing the, the data up, we encrypt the file names. So if someone gets access in one way, they won't be able to see what the actual files are because the file names are encrypted. They won't you know, be able to see passwords.txt um, as a file that, that, that was backed up from a customer's PC. Oh. Uh, so that's kind of another way to do it. And then there's, um, and then different cloud storage providers, they offer then you know, even cloud-side encryption um, as, as an additional layer. Um, now, of course, all of this means now you're managing you know, multiple different passwords um, for all these encryption settings. Uh, but you know, I think at the in the end of the day, that kind of pain um, of managing all these different encryption you know, passwords for encryption is definitely worth it when you're talking about your customers' data and protecting it. Yeah, and I think those more sophisticated MSPs have already got processes in place, haven't they, for capturing passwords in PSA tools? We've got tools like IT yeah. Glue that are out there yeah. and uh, Passport. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, that, that would be uh, water off a duck's back to them, I think. Um, I want to talk about another application of uh, cloud storage, one that I don't think has been really uh, massively adopted with the MSP space, but I think it's a huge opportunity, and that's archiving to the cloud. Now, <laughs> I'm going to fully admit up front here, I don't fully understand the difference between um, what is referred to as hot and cool, cold tiers of storage in the cloud. So help me out here, Doug, educate me on how this, you know, all of these technologies apply to long-term data storage and why MSP should be looking at long-term data storage. Yeah, so, you know, all these different tiers, um, besides being different prices, um, they're also different service levels. Um, so, you know, and that's typically why, you know, hot is going to be your best in terms of not only just putting the data in the cloud, but also retrieving it very quickly. Because it's hot, it's there, it's ready to go. 
Um, you think you look at something like cool storage, that means you can still put the data there quickly, but when you need to retrieve it, it might take a little bit longer because it's on a lower tier of storage. You know, it's, it's on spinning disks and those types of things. Um, and then you've got the, the actual cold storage, things like Amazon Glacier um, <clears throat> that, you know, where you can put the data there as fast as you want, but to retrieve it, it might take up to 24 to 48 hours uh, because, you know, it's stored on some media <laughs> that Amazon isn't necessarily forthcoming about, um, but that's, that's kind of the idea. And of course, each one has a different price point. Um, each one has different costs in terms of not just the storage space that you're taking up, but also the retrieval requests. Um, so, you know, your retrieval request from hot is going to be a little bit more than your retrieval request from cold and, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but that pricing definitely, you know, helps to look at the archive capabilities. And if you've got a customer that says, hey, look, I want this data in hot for 30 days. And then after that, you know, move it off to archive. Mm -hmm. um, and we can actually automatically do that with Amazon today where we can auto, you know, we can, we can age the data into different tiers. Uh, we'll have that capability for Azure at some point in the future, in the future. But, um, you know, that, that's kind of the idea is, you know, hey, the customer, they need, you know, two weeks of fast retention, but the rest of it they want to archive and they need to archive it for a year. So age that data off into the cooler, into the other tiers, um, store the archive for them, meet the regulatory requirements, those types of things. That, yeah, um, that makes absolute sense, yeah. Yeah. The, the, other, the other thing in terms of not just on the tiers is also the regions. Um, and that's extremely important when we think about things like regulatory requirements. Um, you know, GDPR um, comes to mind. Uh, and We did you know, the quite well there. We got through what was <laughs> almost 30 minutes of an interview without mentioning the G word, but they were there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but, but, you know, the idea of, okay, you're in the UK, you know, you have different requirements for where your data has to live versus if you're in the United States, mm -hmm. right? And if you're in the United States, you may not want your data in a particular region or a particular country. So um, you, you can choose, in most of the cloud services that have region support, um, you can actually go in and choose where you want that data to stay, um, if you want it across multiple data centers or just one. Um, so, you know, again, that's, that's, that's the level of flexibility. And you get that you know, again, with Cloudberry, because we don't own the cloud, we don't have data centers in every country, but guess what? Our cloud storage providers probably do. So you can choose the one that's going to fit within your region, within your locale, um, and your requirements and, and regulations. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And, and going back to what we were talking about, the hot, cool, and cold tiers of storage, I can specifically remember as a, you know, as in my MSP days where you would go to the clients and say, okay, um, you know, we're going to back up your data. Can you tell us what's important? And they'd say, all of it. <laughs> so you'd say, no exactly. problem. Yep. There's, there's the bill. <laughs> all of it. And they'd go, whoa, can we clear some of this down? Uh, and of course, you know, um, most of the people listening to this uh, will know that it's going to be nigh impossible to get a client to actually separate the data. But mm -hmm. uh, with um, hot, cool, and cold tiers of storage, you can actually practically just move away uh, data that's not been accessed in the time. The client still gets to keep it. It's always there as a fail-safe, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's not costing them the earth to store that, is it? Exactly. Got it. Makes sense. Cool. Thank you for explaining that to me, Doug. That's something no problem. I haven't understood <laughs> until now. So I, I am very conscious of your time. I know you've got to, mm -hmm. uh, to dash off at some point. Um, what's next for Cloudbury Labs? We've talked about a lot of the uh, changes that have uh, been in the world of backup over the past few months. What do you see changing in the world of backup over the next few months, years, and what are Cloudbury doing to help MSPs with those changes? Um, you know, I, I think for, for us right now, I think we have an extremely good platform. 
Um, it's just education and, you know, getting our name out there, getting out there and, and letting people know, you know who we are and what we do and how we can help them grow their business. Uh, I think you're going to see um, a lot more push to the cloud. Um, and because again, from an economical perspective, it's not as expensive as, as people think to, to utilize cloud storage. Um, you know, when you, when you look at, at the actual data that's getting put up there and those types of things and, and the security. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see continued trends uh, to, to push to more cloud storage and, and, and backups in the cloud. Um, in terms of CloudBerry, uh, we continue to, to make improvements. Um, we've got, you know, development staff that, that's working very hard. Um, not just on our, our, our portal, you know, our SaaS-based application that, that lives up in the cloud, uh, but also on all the capabilities that we have within our backup, you know, the backup agents, the backup software itself. Uh, so we've got a lot of new features rolling out. Um, we've got some really cool stuff for Linux and, and Macintosh coming out, um, you know, very soon. We've got some new stuff for Windows. So, you know, just keep keep pushing, um, taking your customer feedback, you know, adding that in and, uh, and making making better products. Mm. And I know from that perspective, I've already heard the feedback. You're really good at listening to feedback as a company. You know, I see the interactions you have with people on social media as well. So I guess finally, if anybody listening today wants to reach out to you personally, Doug, or to find out mm -hmm. more about Clibrary, where can they find you online? So I am on social media, VM Doug, uh, V as in Victor, M as in Mary, D-O-U-G. Uh, that's on, on Twitter. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely active on there. I'm on Instagram there as well. Um, you can also, you know, if you want to look at, you know, find out more about Cloudberry, cloudberrylab.com. So there is a lab, L-A-B at the end. Um, that's our, that's our website. Um, if you want to go to our, we have a forum, um, you can go there. Um, I'm active on Spiceworks uh, as well. Um, I appear on Reddit occasionally. <laughs> um, I don't post much, but I, but I, but I do, uh, I do, I do lurk. Um, again, I'm VM Doug on there as well. So. Um, that's pretty much the easiest way to find me is to search for VM Doug and, and you'll find me somewhere. Fantastic. And I was saying just before we came on air here that um, I, I, I'm new to your Twitter feed. I, I only discovered you a couple of weeks ago and you're sharing some very, very cool stuff. Um, so yeah, thank you for that and, uh, and keep up that. Really appreciate it. So I know you've got a run off at this point. Doug, thanks so much for the time. It, you know, if somebody had said to me before we started talking that we're going to talk for half an hour or so about backup, <laughs> really and honestly I could keep talking to you for uh, about backup so I'd really love it and I think our listeners would love it if you could uh, come back at another point in the future and talk about what's changed in the world of backup sure not a problem fantastic so Doug I'll leave it there today uh, and if anybody wants to uh, catch up with anything we've talked about in the podcast today or any of the links we'll include them in the show notes Doug thanks very much enjoy the rest of your day thank you Richard Thanks for listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners. You can find the show notes and bonus content for this interview, along with dozens of other interviews with IT business leaders over at www.tubblog.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, then we'd really appreciate you rating and reviewing the show over at iTunes. Every review helps us reach new listeners and helps raise the bar for success in the IT industry. In our next episode, Richard speaks with Steve Duckworth to discuss the Harmony PSA tool. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak with you next episode. Have a great day. This show has been sponsored by CloudBerry Lab. CloudBerry Lab's managed backup service is built from the CloudBerry backup technology and designed to meet the needs of managed service providers and enterprise IT departments by providing reliable backup with centralized management and monitoring. This managed cloud backup service is integrated with Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, 
Google Cloud Platform, and almost every S3-compatible or OpenStack-based cloud storage service. With CloudBerry Managed Backup Solution, any MSP, VAR, or IT service company can rebrand and provide robust and reliable cloud backup service with remote management and monitoring. CloudBerry Managed Backup is truly cross-platform with support for Windows and Linux servers, as well as Windows, Mac, and Linux workstations. Backup to the cloud is simple with CloudBerry's broad range of support for multiple cloud storage providers, but also supports backup to local disk or NAS. You can backup data locally, to the cloud, or both for a truly 3-2-1 backup strategy. For Tubblog listeners, CloudBerry Lab is offering free rebranding for one year. That's a $129.99 value. Rebranding allows you to brand the backup solution as your own, meaning your customers will only see your brand, not CloudBerry Lab. To take advantage of this special offer, please visit www.cloudberrylab.com slash tubblock. Thank you.